Hey, this is Nate with Purity for Life. Today we're going to take you on a little behind the scenes tour. I'm going to be talking with three of our leaders about our most recent sermon series, A Vision of Jesus. So we'll talk about why we do special meetings like these for the students, why that particular theme is so vital for everyone, and also how we saw those meetings affect the staff and the students here at Pure Life Ministries. Thanks for joining us again on Purity for Life. We are so glad that you're here. Stay with us. Okay, so Jordan, Luke, Pastor Ed, thank you guys for coming in and talking about this topic. Um, Basically, what we were hoping to do was just give a little behind-the-scenes look at the uh, Dave Leopold special meetings that we had a couple of months ago, Um, because, you know, we played all the sermons for the Purity for Life audience, and I think maybe to some people it would feel a little odd, like, why are you playing these sermons for us? So I thought, well, if we could just explain to people how this fits into the residential program and why we think that the message that Dave Leopold was bringing is really relevant to our student body, that would help it make a little bit of sense to people. So I don't know, like, when you guys think about the the messages that were given and the impact that that can have on the student body, what is it that comes to mind? Well, one thing I really do appreciate just about these special meetings is it gives guys, the student body, an opportunity to really hear a a different approach maybe even or something, uh, an aspect of the Lord that they may not have heard before and kind of the routine of their program here at times. And it's a real blessing. When I asked the students a couple weeks ago what was impactful to them, one gentleman had said, who is Jesus, his nature and his character? And like that, he said, it clarified who Jesus truly is. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. It it brought the balance of grace and truth which kind of even ties into what another guy was saying where he had a better understanding of the Father. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a minute, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and, and it was even expressed in some of the talks. So that was a huge blessing. I think the students were blessed with that. And another thing that came out as well is when you see the lowliness of Jesus and the humility of Jesus that uh, uh, Pastor Dave is just so good at expressing and teaching, it really reveals a lack of personal surrender. And one of the guys even confessed, he's like, man, I just really revealed my lack of surrender mm-hmm. when I was, you know, brought face to face with that kind of loneliness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, that's not like me. Um, and so that that was a huge blessing. I have something. You, I have a question for you, Luke. Um as a, the director of the residential program, what do you think, like, and I was, uh, you know, in putting, thinking about this podcast, I was thinking about what impact has it had? Like, okay, we're almost a month removed, three weeks removed. What are you seeing happening in the student body? You know what I'm saying? Like, what mm-hmm. what has been kind of the effect 
of his talk three weeks later. What what are you seeing on campus now? I think in many ways it's like like reimagining that the Lord isn't always just this judge. I think was helpful for guys to lower their walls a little bit and really begin to say, okay, I can come to this God who's an all-consuming fire of love. I think Pastor Dave uses that term. Yeah. And not get consumed, you know, but be forgiven. That was that was helpful, I think, in a lot of guys. You know, what I've seen in the – well, just in our counseling meeting today, we were just talking about it before the podcast. It's interesting how it's bringing people to a crossroad. You know, they can talk to us about their version of the truth or truth. But then when you see, okay, no, the grace and truth are balanced together, it's almost like they don't necessarily even have an argument. Well, you're presenting truth, truth, truth. It's all this one message, but the balance comes in. And then then there's like some students that are really kind of rebelling at just against God, against Jesus. They're really seeing truth and grace, but they they don't want either. Yeah. And it's been very, very difficult to see some of these men who sat under these teachings and the balance that comes in between grace and truth, the lowliness of Jesus, who Jesus is, um, all of those things. And not, and still, yet three weeks later, they're not bearing fruit of repentance. Mm. And, and in fact, uh, re- resisting the truth, resisting God's grace, either in, either in high-mindedness you know, self-exalting pride or arrogance or staying stuck in like that self-pity or that fear and that anxiety or, you know, the Lord can't do anything for me. And so we've seen kind of both. Things are getting exposed. It's interesting having this podcast now right after our counseling meeting because it's like, oh, this is the three weeks later we're seeing the fruit of those services. It's pretty interesting. Mm. It kind of reminds me of where Jesus said, John the Baptist came not eating and drinking, and but then the Son of Man comes eating and drinking, and basically like the implication is, okay, you don't want the truth and you don't want grace. Like there's nothing, there's nothing I can do that will satisfy mm-hmm. what you want. And I guess like some people are, some people are like that, where they'll come at you and say, oh, you're being too hard on me. But then even when you give them a really compassionate, loving, like uh, encouraging kind of thing, they still don't want to leave their sin. (laughs) That's really what it comes down to, some guys. But then it is a blessing when you see other guys who that awareness of maybe one side of God that they hadn't seen, if I could say it that way, either the truth side or the grace side, it really unlocks something and they really move forward because it's like, wow, I never saw that about the Lord before. Yeah, it certainly helps. Again, I think it really helps lower walls down for a lot of guys. Felt much more comfortable mm. either going to their counselor or going to the Lord with their struggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't get to deal with the students directly nearly as often as I used to, but um, I have, at least from my limited perspective, my sense would be that it's made a, a number of them feel like God is safe and mm. I can. Yeah. I uh-huh. can come and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. talk about 
what's really going on yep. inside and confess things that I have never told anyone even right. before because it's safe to do that with yeah. a God who's in balance and who has mm-hmm. grace alongside that truth. Uh-huh. For you guys, what is it that you really appreciate about Dave Leopold's message or approach for our students? Because I think anybody who's listening to him, listen to those messages, it's like, wow, I've never quite heard anybody else talk like this. It's just very, very unique. <laughs> yeah, in, in I, I love listening to Dave. You know, his his style, he's very easy to listen to. He's so down to earth. Uh-huh. There, there is an obvious humility that he personally yeah. walks in and, right. and he kind of exudes that. So uh, he's not drawing attention to himself. You don't walk out of his meetings going like, wow, that was a really dynamic speaker. Right. You walk out going, wow, Jesus is really amazing. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I think it's challenging for a speaker to actually accomplish that. But Dave mm-hmm. does it really well. The, there's a couple things that I also like, for example, how he really paints such a vivid picture of the scene when he's mm-hmm. taking you to a scripture. Yep. He, it's like you're right there. Yep. He's, he's yep. painting the picture for you, imagining what is going on, what thoughts are happening, what feelings uh-huh. and emotions are attached to all of it. And he's really painting that picture for you. So it brings the scripture to life and, and you can really relate to it. And I think you walk out remembering it a little bit more, you know, even if you can't remember the exact way he said something or whatever, you know, you, you kind of have a, a scene of a particular passage that sticks with you. And when you read it again, it's like, that's now what I think of <laughs> when I reread it. And yeah, he just really has a way of ultimately making Jesus very appealing and accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would wholeheartedly agree with Pastor Ed. He really flushes out a story like of the rich young ruler or the woman at the well or the uh, Seraphonician woman. I mean, you're there. You're you're there with them. You're actually part of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's almost like you you can put yourself in that scene that he's he's describing. The other thing I like about him too is I think that's unique. Is you know he's not a three point sermon kind of guy, mm-hmm. and so it's like. The most important part of his message could be at the beginning mm-hmm. or the middle or anywhere in between or the end. I mean, he always wraps it up, but it's like you have to kind of listen like the whole time. Like I'm leaning forward into what he's saying because I know at any time, like I have star, I usually star on my notes, like something that's good. And I start reading my notes, and there's some at the beginning, you know, some at the end, different sermons, some in the middle. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like there is good nuggets, good gold in in several different places. So you really have to kind of pay attention. You know, like when you're doing a three-point, okay, point number one, and then you kind of, oh, you know, they write down their point, and then you kind of, you can kind of daydream. (laughs) No, I'm seriously. Okay, I have the point. It's on my notes. I got it. I can kind of, I got it. But with him, like he's telling a story, and you're there, and you're paying attention because the next sentence he says, and this is, and you're like, ooh, okay, mm-hmm. you know. And I like that different style because it. I think I pay better attention when he's – not that I don't pay attention, but <laughs> – No, I got it. You, you're you not listening what? when I preach. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I listen diligently. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. I, I just – it's just like there's – there's expectancy, I guess, because I never know when 
that nugget is going to come. So I'm I'm going, oh, how is he going to tie this together? So I really enjoy um, his different style. I like, as Pastor Ed said, how he paints a picture. It's so beautiful. And it's just, yeah, he's a good, I would just say a good storyteller. Like he really involves the people he's speaking to in the mm-hmm. story. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he's very relatable. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so he doesn't come over you at all. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know how many times he would say things like, I'm not sure, or maybe it's this way. And this is just what I've learned from my experience. And so he's not coming at it like, this is the truth. And mm. I know because I did the research and you don't know because you didn't do the research. And you're like, okay. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, I don't know. What do you think it could mean? This is what I think it means. And I've, you know, been walking with the Lord for 50 years. But, you know, you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. well. But he gracefully speaks um, God's truth. That's what yeah. jumps mm. out to me. He gracefully presents the truth of God. You can tell that he's been reading the Bible for 50 yes. years. Yes. Yeah. Over and over and over yes. and over again. Yeah. Um, well, can I tell you, like, his notes? Is that <laughs> like telling too much if I tell him, like, what's on the platform when he's Like, he has a little yellow pad mm-hmm. with just some notes on it, like, yeah. not an outline, not like. And so I don't know how he does it. I mean, it's not even like – it's just like probably like a thought and then – or like Rich Young Ruler and then it just comes out of him. You know, that's what's just even more amazing. It's just like exactly what you're talking about. It's like 50 years of reading the word. It's just – when we love to be like that, it's so in us that when he he's preaching or delivering a message, it's just – in him. Yeah, yeah, you can in tell. Like he, yeah. he hasn't spent uh, his time reading a bunch of commentaries and then regurgitating uh-huh. all yeah. of that. Uh-huh. What right. he's done is sat over the word of God yeah. until yeah. it got in him yeah. and then that's what comes yeah, out of it. It's, yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I think if there was – you know, it's like the things that he doesn't say that also have a lot of potential to impact people. You know, if our students could see – him and think, I could be like that if I did the same things he did. Because he, I mean, he was really candid. Like He's been through a lot and it's Mm -hmm. been very hard for him to walk with the Lord. So that's like anybody can do what he did, which was just meditate on the word day and night, give himself up to the Lord, persevere, don't give up, um, Mm -hmm. find a community and live in a community. And anybody can do that, you know? It's just really cool to see Mm -hmm. him as like a living embodiment of that testimony more than just a – more than just a preacher. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I I totally agree. It's uh, – one of my biggest personal takeaways is, you know, I've heard him speak several times now over the years and I think I always walk out feeling like I can do this. I can Mm -hmm. be more like Jesus Mm -hmm. at the end. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What was the highlight – for you guys of the messages? Well, I'll start off with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Real. Since y'all just, no. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, this was more than five minutes ago, so it's hard to exactly remember. Yes. <laughs> I mean, what jumped out to me was his explanation of Zacchaeus, who was unlike the rich young ruler. And even I think it was the day before he talked about Zacchaeus, he made the statement that religion without the spirit of God 
is one of the most dangerous things in the world for you and for other people. Mm. I was like, wow. Yeah. And then he made that bold statement that God is not a Pharisee. (laughs) I was like, wow, okay, that's going to mess with some people for sure. Um, Because he was just attacking that religious pride. And that's, I think, a lot of what the rich young ruler was in that Zacchaeus was not in. He was like hiding and Jesus doesn't want him. And I think that's what that's what really jumped out to me is Zacchaeus didn't expect Jesus to want him. Yeah. But the ruler left grieved and Zacchaeus left joyful when he really got to see the heart of the Lord. And and it's just that in the in the Pastor Dave way, he talks about the lowliness of the Lord. And and when he had made that statement that like Jesus is on a level lower than you, like God is the servant of servants, mm-hmm. um, there is no servant like the Lord. Like he'll always be lower. Yeah, man, that just to you hear it, but just to hear it again and again is so good. And that was just so encouraging for me. And just like wow, I need to come down. <laughs> that was my takeaway from it. Like wow, how prone I am to be the Pharisee or be religious and think yeah. I've got something. I'm like, I need to yeah. calm down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's like what you guys were saying. Just it's the message that's behind the words mm-hmm. that Dave is so good at bringing out. You know, the message that you don't see by just reading. He's like mm-hmm. meditated, thought, yeah. pondered, mm-hmm. lived on these things. So where he can say, in the story of Zacchaeus, this is what you see about Jesus more than just the words that are on the page. It's really pretty amazing. Yeah. I can't honestly even remember the exact context when he made these statements, but uh, it was when, for me personally, uh, the highlight was when he said that God is a giver, not a taker, and that even when it seems like God is taking something, he's really giving. And then on the other hand, you know, the devil, even when it seems like he's giving something, he's actually really taking. And man, just the application of that. I mean, I remember sitting there hearing him say it and my mind is when, you know, kind of did a quick review of different things in my life, Mm -hmm. different episodes where I like, yeah, that's what was happening there. You know, (laughs) that stinking devil was actually setting me up and he was trying to take. And and then I was even remembered some things where it felt like maybe God was, you you know, taking or depriving me of something. And I was like, yeah, you know what? He really gave me on the other side of that was what I needed. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's a really good lesson. And it's really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jordy. Um, <laughs> sorry. Was Speak a, to us Jordy about thy highlight. Yeah, I was <laughs> deep in thought, which happens so infrequently that I had to <laughs> cherish the moment. Cherish the way out of your brain. <laughs> yeah. Where cherish? This is awesome. That was so awesome. I'm thinking. Um, uh, yeah, I I would agree with um, Luke on Zacchaeus and the rich young ruler. The whole picture of Zacchaeus that he painted that he almost like uh, the story of the tax collector and the Pharisee in the Bible. I think it's Luke, Luke 18, maybe, where he's talking about the tax collector seeing himself, you know, as he was. And that's how Zacchaeus saw himself, like that Jesus would call him, come down, I'm, I'm going to dine with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what happened from that was 
that gratitude. Mm-hmm. Like he was so grateful. Like Jesus wants to dine with me, a mm-hmm. sinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's looking at me, a sinner. Wow, this this is who Jesus is. This is his heart. He saw Christ's heart, mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, the whole Jewish culture hated him. Mm-hmm. And yet here's this man, the you know, king of the Jews, who's coming to dine with a tax collector. I think that just broke Zacchaeus's heart. It, it brought a, a spirit of uh, probably repentance, I'm thinking, because he said, you know, I'm going to give away and give back. Mm-hmm. But it was that heart of gratitude, right? Just that overwhelming joy that Luke was talking about. And it's just a beautiful picture of how Jesus comes to the sinners. Mm. And then on the other hand, right, the rich young ruler, and that um, he came expecting something from the Lord, and he was the one that walked away sad because he was so performance-oriented, mm. and he um, he didn't want to give away anything. Mm. So th- that spirit of ingratitude, I have a lot of possessions. Why, Lord, are you asking me to do this? But that heart of gratitude, it's just, we talk about it so much in the program, in the residential program, but just the the way that he keyed into this at the end. And he said, I don't know if Dave references as as saying, Zacchaeus saying this, but God is giving me so much. I'm just so grateful. Mm. So yeah, that was just a beautiful 15 or 20 minutes of him describing Zacchaeus and uh, his gratitude, Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was thinking like what was my highlight. This is kind of interesting because I don't think that it was anything that he said that was my highlight. Um, I just appreciate him, mm-hmm. you know, as a man and as a pastor. Um, he's had a big impact in my life personally because I've gone through similar mental struggles like like uh, Dave has. And I remember talking to him about it at a couple different points just – really really distraught like i didn't know what to do and he just said i'm going to i'm going to put you on my prayer list hmm. you know like i'm going to i'm going to bear you and he didn't really know me that well i was just a guy working at pure life but that kind of thing just always stuck out to me it's like i want to be like that mm-hmm. i want to be that gracious with people mm-hmm. like where i really give my life away so whether or not he said anything specifically that was like, wow, this is just an incredible revelation. It's just like, this guy is a, yeah. He, he's never going to hear this, so we can talk about him like that. <laughs> he, would, he would be so, he would yeah, not be mortified. happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's just a really... Very compassionate. Yeah. 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 Very much like Jesus in that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm thinking as you're talking of just the way he was talking about the woman at the well and, you know, Jesus is having a conversation with this woman that, you know, culturally this is out of out of bounds. You know, this mm-hmm. conversation shouldn't be happening. The disciples, that was their reaction. You know, what are you doing talking to this woman, you know, yeah. kind of thing. But, but he approached her and elicited from her her own confession really of oh, the yeah. sin that she mm-hmm. was in and just drew that right out of her so gently. But, uh, you know, that truth, that, that was his point. He had to get that truth oh, yeah. out there on the table because, you know, he wanted to give her grace, but we've got to have the truth. Yeah. With it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really beautiful scene. Yeah. I like to, you know, and speaking of that, it just reminds me another thing that I really appreciated about that is he said that 
particularly the woman at the well and the Seraphonician woman, he goes, Jesus, it was multi-layered, his, mm-hmm. his purposes. Like it was for the woman at the well. It was for the people of that city. Um, the Seraphonician woman, obviously, for the healing of her daughter and for this woman as well. Oh, you have great faith. But it was for the disciples. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's like it's he's teaching the disciples. He's discipling the disciples. And he, Pastor Day brought that up. It was like maybe – and it was like he was going through his own thought process. Like <laughs> as he was talking, he was like maybe this was more for – the disciples, and then he started talking about it for five five mm. minutes, and it was mm-hmm. like, wow, it was like midstream of what he was talking about. Like I think he even said at one point, I don't I don't know if it was about this, but I I didn't really intend to talk about oh, some yeah, of this. I remember yeah. that. So, but I think you know throughout his messages every day he does that. It's like he, he sees a point, the Lord just you know as he's speaking reveals something, and he kind of flushes that out. And that was one of the things I think that maybe was, was unintended that Jesus was teaching the disciples. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what following me looks like going to a Zacchaeus, going to a Seraphonician woman, like ministering to them, mm-hmm. going to the Samaritans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and teaching them how to deal with sinners in grace and truth. Yeah. Like yeah. they had a living model. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they had watched him do it. Yeah. They had watched him lovingly, like Pastor Ed was saying, just elicit the truth that they weren't just going to go and beat people over the head with the truth, but they were going to minister both grace and truth, which that's a great segue, Jordan, into our next talking point because, you know, all of you have been counselors for, for a number of years, and so you know how important it is to have a balance of grace and truth. And I guess I was I'm just interested why what's your perspective? Like what happens when we get out of balance in the counseling office and what's the impact on people? Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of guys I think when they come into the program if they're not forthright about their sin or if they're trying to hide or cover things most often I think is because they're they're walled up or protected. And usually those types of walls or protections or calluses are formed due to past trauma or hurt or times that they maybe have confessed something and things went wrong. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so or they were just wounded in an area and they're now defensive. Mm-hmm. And so while I, they're not denying the fact that, yeah, I'm in sin, that's why I'm here. I don't want to talk about it until I know that I could trust you. And so we've we spend sometimes months just building a relationship with a guy to get him to that point of being willing to trust us, to being willing to trust his counselor that he actually does care for him. He's not there to you know condemn him and judge him. He's there to try to help him out of this situation. And that's why you have to have that balance of grace and truth. If you just came at it with the truth, it doesn't make the truth any less truthful, but it, it, it won't work because then it'll just increase the walls and you'll never mm. get anywhere. And mm. when Pastor Dave made that an analogy and he, he said that you could trust the man who died for you, mm. I was like, wow, <laughs> man, that hit because I was wow, we can trust Jesus. He really has laid it all down for us. And yeah. so 
that's where from a counseling perspective, I'm like, are we portraying that message to the guy that you can trust us because Mm -hmm. like we're willing to lay it all down for you? Mm. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I'm thinking in my mind a little bit about from the counselee's perspective, you know, why this message is so critical for them because generally speaking, they they fall into one of two camps when we're uh, dealing with them in the in the office, and some of them have been you know out of balance on the grace side of things, and it, you know grace without truth is licentiousness. Really, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it tends to allow people to just continue in their sin without coming to repentance, claiming biblical promises without yep. fulfilling the conditions that are attached yep. to the promise. And and I think the result of that is honestly, for many, it's given them a, a false sense of security in their relationship with the Lord. They think things are fine, and they're really not. And and I think the other thing that it does that sometimes doesn't get noticed is living by grace really promotes. I think living by your feelings and making decisions by your feelings mm-hmm. and just being dominated by your feelings. I think that kind of goes hand in hand with that overflow of grace <laughs> out of balance uh, mm-hmm. side of things. And on the other side, then, you, you know, there's plenty of men <laughs> in the program right now who are out of balance uh, with truth. They have, you know, the, the scale is weighted on that side for them. And, and of course, truth without grace is legalism, you know, so it, it binds people. It, it does all of those things things that Jesus condemned in the Pharisees. Luke was alluding to that a minute ago when he's, you know, like Jesus was not a Pharisee or God is not a Pharisee, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, that's what Jesus pointed out, that, you, you know, the Pharisees focused on outward things rather than the heart. Jesus accused them of laying heavy burdens on others but not lifting a finger, yeah. you know, to help carry those burdens and being scrupulous in these little smaller, even trivial details of their life in God, but oblivious to the things that really matter, like justice and mercy and loving others. And, Mm. you know, just it puts them in that place where they're emphasizing the letter of the law, but missing the spirit of the Mm -hmm. law. And so, you know, first of all, I think it's really challenging for any speaker in our chapel (laughs) because you've got people sitting out there in those two extremes and you're trying to give a message and right. one group is going to hear one side of it and mm-hmm. you know potentially misapply it and the other group is going to yeah. you know you don't want your guys who are heavy in truth walking out feeling condemned and and overwhelmed and over weighted but uh, you also don't want the guys who are you know too strong of a grace message and they're going to walk out feeling just like everything's fine. Me right. and the Lord are, got this, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it can be really challenging, but in the counseling office is where we can get really direct and specific because we're dealing with one at a time usually yeah. and we can speak into the side of it where he really needs that balance and bring that balance to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting just so you were talking about the counseling sessions themselves and just sitting here listening to you guys. It is very, you need the Holy Spirit in mm-hmm. counseling sessions. We can't do it based on the application or their homework. I mean, those are nice guides for us, but we really need the truth of the Holy Spirit coming through his word to really guide and direct Mm -hmm. us during those counseling sessions. Because even within a counseling session, you have to balance the grace and truth. They're so important. That's why it's so important 
Um, I'm I'm so thankful for Dave because they have to be coupled together. You even within a counseling session, you can go skewed to one or the other. You really have to deliver the truth a lot of the time, much of the time in counseling, but it has to be like, there has to be just, and that's what I think what we're talking about with Dave is so um, just, he's full of Jesus, but it is that truth. We think it's easier for us to skew that way in some instances, because it's the truth of God's word and this is what the word's saying. So, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, this is what you're going to get from me yeah, today. Yeah. Um, but Whether you like it or not. Right, right. Yeah. But then there's this element of grace that has to be infused into our counseling. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not in the counseling department, so I don't deal with guys on a one-to-one basis, but I, I do... You know, I preach once a month, and then I've I've got this side of the ministry too. And mentoring interns, I'm and mentoring in. interns, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the thing that challenges me, because I definitely skew more on the truth side. That's mm-hmm. that's where I I would skew partially because I have valued so much people who have told me the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, when there was just people all around me before who were constantly just flattering me or whatever, mm-hmm. when somebody actually told me the truth, I was like, wow, this is just life-changing. I want to do this for other people. But I think the thing that's been so challenging for me is that the balance of grace and truth isn't just in the one-to-one ministry in the moment. It's like the whole life. You know, how do I treat them when we're not in the mentoring session, or how do I treat the students when I'm not preaching to them? It's like Jesus, sometimes he spoke the truth in ways that we've never talked. I don't think any of us have ever rebuked someone like he rebuked the Pharisees, but then he turned around and was butchered for them. So, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like the grace and truth wasn't just in the way he talked, it was his whole life. And that's where I feel like I have so much room to grow is outside the ministry opportunities is the life that I live, is it also infused with grace and truth? Mm. It's just, it's real challenging. Like, it requires our whole life. Yeah, Mm. yeah. It's absolutely true. I was uh, thinking while you were talking, like, like if we really hit the nail on the head most of the time, it's not 100% because not everyone did this even with Jesus, but if you give someone... um, grace or truth, whichever you're trying to give them properly, it should always result in repentance. Like that's Mm -hmm. the, the, you know, some guys need Mm -hmm. to come into repentance through a grace approach and some guys need to come into repentance through a truth approach. And that's what I saw Dave (laughs) expressing and what Jesus has been doing in scripture. And and really the challenge for us as counselors is to do that and do it well so that, you know, God can bring somebody to that place of repentance through either avenue. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, that's really good. I was just thinking, while you were talking, I was thinking about mm-hmm. one of the examples he gave where Peter's been out fishing all night, and Jesus says, well, go out, cast out again, you know? And he's like, I've been doing this all night, and he pulls in this catch of fish, and the response of Peter is, I'm a sinful man. Yeah. Like this lavishing of grace. He didn't yeah, Jesus didn't exactly. have to tell him anything. He just gave to him more than he could ever mm-hmm. have wanted and he's like I am so sinful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's an excellent illustration really of exactly that how grace can lead us to repentance when it's given with biblical truth and right alongside of it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Okay, so the last thing that I had on my list was, are there any things that you specifically look for if you're counseling somebody to say, okay, you know what, I think they're going to need a little more truth on this occasion, or if you're like, okay, they just really need some grace. Again, we're, we're acting like we're pitting the two to, against each other. It's not really that way, but just for the sake of the conversation. Yeah, for me, I, I usually listen or hone in on how they talk about the Lord a little bit. How do they really see him? Because, you know, things that they say tend to give that away, and, and I can start to tell pretty quickly whether they're seeing him as a heavy-handed, demanding, or punishing mm-hmm. father, or mm-hmm. whether they really see him as this loving, embracing, you know, prodigal son father who just runs to you and hugs you and it's all, everything's fine, mm. <laughs> you know. And you can pretty well tell as they're talking about the Lord mm-hmm. kind of which side they're veering off on a little bit and just try to bring them back toward the center. Uh, okay. Yeah. I do think it is um, um, what Pastor Ed says, how they view God. But as far as the truth aspect, I would say most of our men, not all, well, I would say all in the sense that even the ones who have intimate knowledge of the Word of God don't know the Word of God. And I don't know how to explain that other than it's just been intellect and head Mm -hmm. knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. th- they need to see the real, I guess, truth, reality, the truth of God's word, and so even those guys, um, those type of people, plus the people who just you know are mushy or self condemnation, you know, it's, it's heavy truth. I mean, it's, so it's how you deliver the truth to them. Mm. I guess mm. is is kind of where I come from. It's like I'm going to give them biblical truth one way or another. But how that gets disseminated, do I really like walk alongside of them, I guess I would say, in the sense that I really need to encourage them and say, uh, you know, God is going to make the impossible possible? Or is it, okay, here's the truth of, you know, this is the reality of where you are, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Woe to you, Pharisee, you keep the outside of the cup clean, right? And inside you're full of dead man's bones or you're full of filth. That's why I said earlier the balance of grace. You know, there needs to be grace. There needs to be love, you know, the grace to do what they can't do in and of themselves. But as far as the truth of who God is and who Jesus is through the Word of God is just so important in every single counseling session that we are using the Word of God and we are speaking truth to them. It's just how that's disseminated by the counselor. Yeah. The other thing that's striking me as you guys are talking is just how important it is to work with people over a period of time Mm -hmm. because, you know, sometimes you might like meet with a guy and it seems like, wow, this guy just really needs a lot of grace and you work with him and then you find out later, wow, this is just nothing but self-pity and Mm -hmm. excusing Mm -hmm. himself. And it's like, okay, I was seeing things a little bit differently than what's really going on. It's like it reveals itself over a period of time. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, your weekend workshop or whatever, this like intensive kind of thing, yeah, like you can you can talk to the person as they're presenting, but sometimes the reality is like really different. Yeah. Now that's very true because I, I think in most guys they don't need the 
all truth their entire program and they don't need all grace their entire program. There's times in their program where they need a heavy truth and there's times when they need a heavy grace. And you see that interaction throughout scripture especially. I think Peter is drastic, you know, he's giving him fishes saying, you know, on this uh, rock I'll build my church and then it's <laughs> get thee behind me, you know, and it's just like, well, yeah. you know, from one extreme to the other, but they Peter needed both. And so you have to go off of where the guy's at, what he's dealing with at the moment and where he's at in his repentance. Mm -hmm. Um, If there's no conviction, which a lot of guys will come in, oddly enough, with little to no conviction of like how they've been living – well, they obviously need a little truth in their life that's going to just bring some oh, reality yeah. to the situation. Um, but then you get the guys who are in despair and hopeless and they've just been trying for decades and they're just like, what's the point? Yeah. And it's just like, okay, maybe you need some grace to boost your faith that the Lord can get you out of this. Yeah. And they're like, okay. And then they start repenting and you're like, all yeah. right, now these are all the things that are wrong, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is a balance that has to go with uh, – with, each, with an individual throughout his time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that Jordan just was saying there, it is an inward work though, and that's what I, how do I gauge how a guy is doing? It's, I just can't look at the outward of a man. It can't be any type of religious yeah. thing that has changed in the guy that's, that's going to say, okay, I'm going to go more on the grace or more on the truth yeah. side. It has to be an inward work. You know, you know, and it's interesting that you say that because you know how we say all the time there's a countenance change? Mm-hmm. How do you teach that to someone? You know, I'm like, yeah, I yeah. don't know how to explain this to you, mm-hmm. but there is something that, you know, I say we miss it sometimes, but most of the time we will see something different in, in the person. Mm-hmm. And you can't explain that other than exactly what you're saying, that it's an inward work that manifests itself in just the way that a person is mm-hmm. like we're talking mm-hmm. about yeah. Dave Leopold, right? It's just the, the person just is different, and mm-hmm. it's hard to articulate or even put that into words how they're different. But mm-hmm. you can just tell there's mm-hmm. just Jesus is in them. Yeah, and maybe this it's an interesting thought because I know we've we've done this before where you're kind of wrestling with a guy for months on end, and you feel like you're not making any progress. So sometimes they'll just be like, you know what, we're going to go all grace. For two weeks. Yeah. And just see, like, yeah. maybe there's something we're missing yeah. here. Let's just yep. go all grace. Mm. And, well, that didn't work. Go yep. all truth the next yeah. two weeks, you mm-hmm. know? It's like, listen, we got to try something here. And I'm trying to mm. just find a way inside to what's actually happening mm-hmm. here. And sometimes in that going back and forth, you get to yeah. see where a guy's actually at. And so it is helpful. Well, I think this was like kind of interesting. We've never done anything like this before, have this behind-the-scenes discussion about stuff, and hopefully people can also see that this relates to a lot of different areas. Like if you're a pastor, this totally relates. If you're a wife, this completely – or a parent or just a friend, you're working with somebody to try to help them. We need to have a balance of grace and truth. And we need to be led by the Holy Spirit to see what he would say. We need to be filled with the word of God. We need to have a life in the Lord. We need to be willing to bear people and lay our lives down for them. And if they can see that we really love them, then we'll be able to hopefully have an impact on their lives. So I really appreciate it. Thanks very much for coming in. You're welcome. Okay, before we go, I just want to give you a brief look at what we've got coming up on Purity for Life. 
In our next two episodes, we're going to do some follow-up topics for the Refined as Silver series. So if you haven't already listened to those episodes, I would definitely encourage you to check those out. Just look for episodes 473 through 477. After that, we're going to start a brand new series called Babylon, the Seat of Satan's Power. And this series is going to be based on Steve Gallagher's book, Intoxicated with Babylon. We're going to be looking at how the spirit of the world has infiltrated the church and is trying to draw people into the spirit of Antichrist. We'll try to make it really practical so that you can see the schemes of the enemy really clearly and so that you can know how to be set apart in your heart and mind and in your daily life. All right, that's it. We'll see you next time. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.